Well, welcome, church. We're so glad that you are here joining us today. Once you stand, join us. We're going to sing a few songs to, to our King of God. Welcome to New Life. 
I'm so glad that you're here joining us today. And, uh, and let's just pray. Heavenly Father, God, you, you are the king of glory. God, nothing in this world compares to you. And God, may we just take this moment, this next hour, and just set our hearts and our minds and our intention on you here. And let all the noise and all the things just quiet down as we focus in on, on your voice. May we find comfort knowing that you are in control. You are the one who is, who is making all things new to your glory your kingdom because you are the true source of life you are the way you are the truth so we continue to worship you every battle every heartbreak through every circumstance and I believe that you are my fortress and you are my portion you are my hiding place and I believe you are the way the truth the life and I believe you are the way the truth Through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take, I believe that you are provider, and you are protector, and you are the one I love, I believe you are the way, the truth.
all the world in its troubles take heart our god has overcome all the world in its troubles take heart for he has overcome all the world in its troubles take heart our god has overcome all the world in its troubles take heart
never failed me yet I never will forget That you've never failed me yet How great you are, God With the good things you have done The good things you are doing And the good things you will do all your promises, God. And throughout scripture, we see that you constantly have to remind us, remember when I did this? Well, I'm still here with you now. And I can do it again. Whatever mountain, whatever problem we face, whatever miracle we need, God, you, you are there working. Despite how dark it seems, God, you are there. Our King of glory. Our truth in our life, God. May we rest in you. May we rest in your grace. love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I just want to welcome all of you to celebrate Recovery Weekend here at New Life. Yeah, um, I am so excited to be a part of this today, and I hope you're excited to hear what's going to happen. Um, celebrate Recovery has been a part of our community here at New Life Christian Center for over 10 years. Uh, it's our desire that we can be a place uh, for people to find refuge. And, um, you know, from, from all the things, the hurts of life, the trauma that goes on, the struggles that we have, addictions, all sorts of things that kind of come and disrupt what God's plan is for us. And we know that in his, in his loving arms, man, true mercy and, and grace, and, and there can just be this healing that takes place in people's life as they are set free by the love and power of God. Um, and this is how we do things. We start to walk on this road of recovery. Uh, every single follower of Christ, uh, we realize that this is a journey, right? That, that God has rescued us from our sin by, by Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. But it's also this continual act of us surrendering. So... Um, sit back or lean in and, and open up your heart to what God's going to speak to you through this today. My name is Aaron and I'm a faithful believer in Christ. I, suffer from, I struggle with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. When I, met, when I met Pastor Tito, I was 16 years old and had already given up on my life. I didn't care what happened to me. I didn't care if I went to jail and I didn't care whether I lived or died. I felt that my self-esteem was low, my spirit was broken and I had just stopped caring. My parents were struggling in their relationship, and even though I felt close with my father, my relationship with my mother had me feeling distant, alone, and powerless over the struggles that I was experiencing in my home. I was no longer drawn to hanging around the people that I had previously seen as happy, healthy, and goal-orientated, as they didn't seem to understand or care to understand what I was going through. The new friends I had made were in similar situations as me and really seemed to understand what I was going through. So we talked a lot and we got very close. We talked primarily about the hurt and traumas that we had experienced in our lives. 
During one of these conversations, I found out that one of my previous best friends had sexually assaulted a new close friend of mine. When I heard this, I saw red. I felt that I, I felt that I didn't have a choice other than to act on it, other than to other than to act on it. All of the hurt, pain, and emotional damage that I was going through now had a now had a place to go with it. I attacked that person right there in the classroom in front of the teacher. I didn't care about the consequences or anything else in that moment. All that I cared about at the time was attacking him for the thing that he had done wrong. But I later realized upon reflection, this was also an outlet for my anger. The next day, the consequences were that he had ended up in the hospital and I was gonna end up in jail with felony charges, but I still couldn't bring myself to care. It broke my heart to see the, see the effect that it was having on my family, especially my mom who was devastated. My dad was trying to explain to me that God was doing a work in my life, but I was unable to hear what he was saying, and I still couldn't bring myself to care. And, that, and when you don't care, nothing matters. That's the state of mind that I was in. And then I had this dream, uh, and I feel that God was telling me something. In the dream, I was on a raft, and I was floating in the middle of this lake. My Aunt Judy, who was the most religious person that I, that I had ever met in my life, someone that it's always, that's always talked a lot about God to me as a child, she was, on the, she was on a dock on the other side of the lake and she was yelling for me to come home. And I, and I, I couldn't figure out what she was saying. I, I was kind of making out what she was saying and I was like, I was like, I wonder what's going on here, you know? And I go to get in the water and swim to her, right? And I touch the water, I just got these cold chills all over my body. I touched the water and it just was uncomfortable and I like to swim, so that was weird to me. So I get down on my, hands, on my hands and knees on the raft and I start paddling with my hands. And when I get to her, she reaches out to hug me. She says, my dear Aaron, you're finally home. When I reach out to hug her, the, the raft and the dock separate from each other and something pulls me into the water. When it pulls me into the water, the water was just ice cold and I'm getting pulled down and I can't see anything touching me. Just something just pulling my body to the bottom. And I have just these fish all around me and they were coming at me and the, they didn't have any teeth, but they're like sucking on my skin and it was just uncomfortable and I was kicking and fighting them. And as I got deeper and deeper to the bottom, the fish were getting bigger and bigger. And I actually could feel my limbs separating as they were pulling them off. And it was just, a, it was a very violent and very painful dream. I could feel all the pain like if it was, I was really experiencing it. And when I got to the bottom, this large fish came and it swallowed the rest of my body. When I woke up, I was freaked out by that. And I, I went to the living room and I was talking to my dad about that. And he made a lot of direct connections between that dream and Jonah and the large fish in the Bible. And, it, and in that moment, I realized that I was not right with God and that I needed to make some changes. After, after this experience, my eyes were finally open to the reality of my brokenness, and I was willing to make whatever changes necessary to live a happy and fulfilling life. The next day, I had district court and ended, up getting very, and ended up getting very light consequences compared to what I was originally looking at. My charges were dropped, and Pastor Jeremy called me and wanted to connect. To my surprise, he didn't go into any rant about God or how wrong I was living. He wanted, he wanted to talk to me simply because, without even knowing me, he cared about me and he wanted to help. I truly love and appreciate him for this. He gave me Pastor Tito's contact and arranged for us to meet and connect. Tito quickly became, Tito quickly became family to me and has guided me from hell to salvation. Through Celebrate Recovery, my relationship with God has been given a chance to grow and flourish. All the fear, anger, and trauma that I had experienced in my life no longer matters to me, as I now know what safe feels like. When I, was still, when, I, while I, when I was still in high school, Monday groups were the highlight of many weeks. It didn't matter what was going on in class or in my personal life, because if I could just make it to Monday, it would be all right. Upon entering Celebrate Recovery, as I mentioned, I was suffering from PTSD, and these groups gave me a place to go and feel welcome and safe talking about whatever was going on and how I was, and how I was handling it. The fact that there is no obligation to share has always made me feel more comfortable opening up to this group 
and is a selling point when I'm convincing my friends to come with me for the first time. I've brought many friends of various stages of recovery and, all, and they have all been treated with the love and respect they deserve from the moment that they walked in the door. A valuable thing that I learned here is that there is no such thing as a lost cause and nobody is too far gone. Wow, man. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for sharing that. My name is Tito and I'm a grateful believer in my King Jesus and I've been leading the landing for a little bit over 40, 40 years, for four years. <laughs> and um, I gotta tell you, it's been such a blessing to be part of that ministry and to also grow in that. And, and with Aaron to see how God has moved in and through him and, and has been able to give him this um, organic growth from the inside out to really show him and help him to continue taking the next steps as an, an, a young man, an adult, on how to use the gifts and talents that God's blessed him with and to identify his abilities and how to use them for his kingdom. And, 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 and here's the cool thing is that I've had a front row seat at this for two and a half years to see God move through him. And a direct result of that has been a blessing my way because his father and I, Tommy, have become tight friends and we stand together as brothers in Christ in this end. And it's just been a blessing that has come back my way as well. As far as Celebrate Recovery, you know, initially I started coming because I wanted to support the ministry being on staff and all. But quickly I, I realized that Celebrate Recovery was a blessing for me as I was walking through some particular hurts, habits, or hangups and struggles in life, it gave me a place to be kind of on the outskirts to engage in worship. Worship was my moment. I needed that worship every Monday night. And I know several of you out there can identify with that worship because it's so raw and organic. If you haven't been to a Celebrate Recovery worship service, I encourage you to go like ASAP because it's something for the soul and it, it is, it's raw and organic and I love it. And um, I gotta tell you that um, it's something good. As far as the landing, it's a little bit different. It's not exactly a youth group. Celebrate Recovery calls this a discipleship recovery group. And really our aim is to help students get to the core of their hurt, habit, or hangup that they're struggling with in life. And we do this by identifying it and learning how to rely on Jesus rather than our own power, our own self, our own strength. We learn to rely on Jesus while we're doing this. Now, let me ask you, how many of you older folks out there would have loved to have a group like this where you can learn to do this, where you're not trying to do things on your own power, but you're learning that you're powerless in this, but that God is that higher power for you, that Jesus gives you the strength to do those things. And this is what the landing does. It helps these students that are walking through these issues. And I'll tell you right now, whatever thing, anything that you think a student is talking about, think, just, just think about it. I have heard it through the years at this group. These students are walking through some real issues and they have a place to land every Monday night right here at this church so that they can walk and learn how to process these things. And we do this through an open share environment. There's no pressure. Really, if anybody comes for the first time, I am just glad that they're there. You have no pressure to sit in the group. I ask that you just sit somewhere in the group and if you decide to get in the group to do it, you don't even have to talk. You can just say, pass, my only requirement is a smile. We can't do that much these days with our face coverings, but if you get the point, there is a no pressure environment. We're just glad that you're there. So I invite you, 
Parents out there, anybody that knows a student that maybe just needs a little bit of uh, a listening ear somewhere to land and they can just learn to just open up and talk about life circumstances, I invite you to come to our group. And if you need any more information, just contact the church or you can email me directly at tito at newlifecc.com. And I want to get you plugged in, okay? So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing, man. It's been a blessing to, to just see God working through you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. So what happens at Celebrate Recovery here at New Life Christian Center on a Monday night? Well, we get together. Um, before there was COVID, we had dinner, but in this sort of weird time that we're living in, we start at 6.30 with our big meeting, and uh, that's our large group, and it is a blast. And at the same time, the landing is starting, which is our recovery ministry for those in junior high and high school. And uh, as soon as our large group is over, which usually has some worship and either testimony or lesson or gratitude night, um, we, we have this time that's called Open Share. And uh, we split into a men's group and a women's group. And they just have an opportunity to say, hey, this is what I'm walking through right now. This is what I'm kind of facing. And uh, it's incredible what that can do. Sometimes what we say or sometimes what we hear someone else say can be such an encouragement. We also have 12-step groups throughout the year, um, either Tuesdays or Thursdays usually, and those are specific to gender. So we have a men's 12-step and a women's 12-step. And there are literally hundreds of people who have gone through these groups here over the last 10 years and have seen their lives and their families' lives and even beyond absolutely transformed. So um, I'm just so grateful that uh, Pastor Dave and the board and every, all the leadership here at New Life has just welcomed this ministry with open arms. And, and we're just excited what the next 10 years hold for Celebrate Recovery here. So pray with us and um, come check us out sometime. Hello, my name is Christy. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and I am in recovery and I struggle with love and relationship addiction, codependency and alcoholism. Let me open us up in a word of prayer. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your never ending love, strength, peace and grace. Please use me as a vessel to speak truth and love into whoever needs to hear this message today. We love you in Jesus name we pray, amen. Well, hi there, New Life family. It is such a blessing for me to have the opportunity to be up here sharing my testimony with you all today. So let's get started. I'm a Turlock girl, or as I like to call a Turlockian. As a young child, my family attended church, and I always had a deep interest in learning more about God. I remember always being excited to tell my family about what we learned from the service message that day. But at the time, I didn't really understand what it meant. Around the age of eight years old, I experienced God for the first time in a dream. I saw a warm, bright light with a shadowed figure. I got closer and closer to try and make out the face, but just as I was about to see who it was, I woke up. In this moment, I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time, and I knew instantly that the shadowed figure was Jesus. I fell to my knees, cried, and prayed to God, thanking him for saving me. This was a truly amazing experience for me, but I soon forgot about my blessings and I began to make some very bad choices in life. Soon later, I started dancing and I loved it. I danced ballet, jazz, and tap, and I even made it into a competitive dance group. I felt the pressure, I began skipping meals, and I became anorexic because I never felt skinny enough or pretty enough. 
When annual tryouts came around, I was so excited to make it into the more advanced group. After tryouts, I came home, and I was ecstatic to see the flashing light on the message machine. However, I didn't make it, and I was devastated. This was the first time I said I wanted to die because I had no purpose in life anymore. I was only 12 years old, but I felt like I had no other reason to live because I was told that I didn't have the same level of experience as the other girls, so in my mind, all I heard was that I wasn't good enough. I couldn't handle the rejection, so after one more year of dance, I quit because every time I danced, all I could think of was that I wasn't good enough and I'll never measure up to their standards. I didn't fit in with those other girls in dance, at school, or really anywhere. I always felt alone. Skipping meals wasn't enough for me anymore, so I started cutting. I would cut the inside of my forearm every time I was upset and I felt like I needed to punish myself. Anorexia and cutting numbed the pain for a while, but once I became a teenager, I craved more. Being exposed to both codependency and alcoholism at a young age, I was predisposed to impulsive acts of searching for something to fill the void in my heart. At 16 years old, I started dating my first serious boyfriend. As soon as we first met, he was obsessed with me and I loved all the attention. He always wanted to be around me, so being known as a loner and the nerd in school, I was so happy to finally have met someone who had such an interest in me. I was willing to do anything and everything for him in order to keep him around. He then introduced me to alcohol and I got drunk for the first time. I drank often and always ended up drunk, but I didn't get into too much trouble. I love my new life of being a rebel and I made sure to do everything in my power to keep it that way. However, at 21 years old, my alcoholism ended me up in the hospital after being intoxicated in public and passing out at a bar. I vowed to never drink that much again and I told myself I would be more responsible from now on but I was still in denial over the power that alcohol had over me. During this time, my relationship with my boyfriend soon turned toxic and abusive, so things weren't quite so fun anymore. Too afraid to be alone again, I married him anyways. Three months after getting married, I found out I was pregnant and I was beyond thankful, but my husband did not feel the same way. Regardless, our daughter was born and I was so happy to be a mother. The codependency I had for my husband soon fell on my daughter. My purpose in life and identity became solely her mother and that angered my husband that he didn't have the same level of power over me as before. My daughter became my everything and my husband used her as a tool to keep me around to prevent me from leaving. After four painful years of marriage, I finally worked up enough courage to leave and I filed for divorce. By this time, my alcoholism had really gotten out of control. I drank and drove regularly, and it was by the grace of God that I didn't kill myself or someone else. I drank every night in, hope, in hopes to numb the pain, but it still wasn't enough. So I started smoking marijuana, and this, this soon became an addiction as well. I also began dating and seeking men to help me cope with the pain of my divorce. These men were again manipulative and controlling, just like my ex-husband. By this point, I was using alcohol, marijuana, and men to try and ease my pain, but the satisfaction was only temporary and led me to the darkest point of my life. I had hit my rock bottom, and I became desperate for some glimpse of hope. I had attended New Life Christian Center on and off since I was a kid, and I had heard of Celebrate Recovery before, so I thought I would give it a try. The first night I went, I attended an open share small group and I cried so much that I don't think anyone understood a word I said, but it felt so good to be heard. 
I also listened to everyone else's stories, which showed me that I was not the only one going through hurts, habits, and hangups, and this gave me hope of a brighter future. After group was over, everyone just wrapped me up in their arms in love. I received so many hugs and so many prayers that evening. I left that night knowing I needed to come back next week, and I did. I kept coming back. I was tired of being tired, and I wanted a change in my life. God had other plans for me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29.11 On May 5th, 2017, I had finally had enough. I begged God to give me the strength to overcome my addiction to alcohol and marijuana, and I have been clean and sober ever since. I continued regular recovery meetings at Celebrate Recovery, and I enrolled in a 12-step study. By completing my inventory and releasing my resentments, anger, and pain, I was able to finally begin to forgive, learn to love others, and heal from my past. I was sober, but my love and relationship addiction was still a huge problem in my life. I felt like a failure, hopeless, and alone. My sponsor reminded me of a verse I will never forget. But God showed me, but God showed us his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Romans 5.8 This verse reminded me that yes, I am a sinner, but God accepts me that way. I don't have to try to achieve perfection in order to be saved. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for me, and I can never do enough to earn his love and grace. He gives it to me freely, and this is the great exchange. To God be the glory, I walked away from my last toxic relationship on January 31st, 2019. Celebrate Recovery has helped me to get sober and keep me sober, forgive my ex-husband and co-parent with him for our daughter, and create boundaries with other relationships in my life. God has relieved me from the bondage of myself, freeing me from the pain from the pain and the chains of my past. I went on to become a Celebrate Recovery leader, have several sponsees that I am able to mentor, and I'm currently helping to facilitate another 12-step study. I am so grateful for the friends I have made in Celebrate Recovery, our leadership team, my sponsor, and my sponsees, and I know I would not be sober and free from my past today without my forever family. Our patience on God's timing is everything, and he wasn't done renewing my life with even more blessings and love. God saved me of my love and relationship addiction tendencies when he put a man in my life that wasn't willing to let me act codependently for him. We were friends, we became best friends, and then started dating. He loved me unconditionally, wholeheartedly, without restrictions, without holding resentments or grudges, loving me without feeling threatened of my strengths or blaming me of my weaknesses. He doesn't expect anything from me and encourages me to be a better person every day. He prays over me and loves me just the way I am. He told me that if we were to get married one day, we would wait to be intimate until our wedding night. And he kept that promise. Just a few months ago on October 10th, 2020, I got married to the most amazing, loving, caring Christian man I could have ever dreamed of. My husband is the absolute best step stepfather to my daughter, and we are so thankful for our little family together. Christ has done for me what I was unable to do for myself. When I surrendered my will over to the care of God, he was finally able to help me recover. I know now that his plan is always so much better than mine. I have learned to give God my heart and give him control of my life. I see now that I am worthy of his love, and I am his masterpiece." 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Thank you for letting me share with you today, and God bless. because